The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and hosts. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Welcome to another action-packed edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd. How are you guys? I hope this podcast finds you well. This episode, I talked to a longtime friend of mine who, for reasons I think you guys probably all understand, it's going to be anonymous, but a, uh, a huge player in the world of PMPM for a long time, and I'm glad to finally have him on the podcast. He's a cop out in Michigan, and... We talk about some Michigan things, and we also talk about Megan Hall things. Somehow those are related. I don't know why. And overall, really good dude. A wonderful, happy podcast, which is not filled with doom and gloom. As always, you guys know I have to give big thanks every Sunday to our good friends over at OfficerPrivacy.com. As you guys know, I am a paying customer of their premium service. It's awesome. As you guys are well aware, if you listen to the podcast, Officer Privacy removes your information from people search sites, which is great for identity theft, but it's also great if you, like me, enjoy the whole world not knowing your address. It is amazing how easy it is for someone to Google your name and the city you live in, and your information comes up on all these people search sites. Officer Privacy removes you from these sites. They have two ways. They have a do-it-yourself option where they tell you how to do it and give you the tools to do it. Or be like me. I have the premium service, like I said, and it's awesome. I don't have to worry about a thing. They just remove it. Poof, I'm gone. I sit back and relax and make terrible podcasts for you guys. So once again, that's officerprivacy.com. Well, I don't have too much to blabber about, so let's go right into the podcast. Let's play a little bit of music. And eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Weekend picnic because I feel like it, and we'll be right back with the podcast. Now joining the podcast, someone that I've 
wanted on the podcast for a long time, my good buddy from the internet world, who we are not going to give away because we are not Blue Falcons kids, Elwood. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I, I got to tell a little story, and I want to see if I remember it the same as you. I was thinking about this today, and you deserve more credit for this podcast than I've ever given you. And, and I should give you credit for it and really for the success of my page. But do you remember maybe, I don't know, two, three years ago, maybe longer, we were going back and forth about doing a podcast. You were trying to buy, get me to buy equipment and stuff like that. Do you remember that shit? Oh yeah. I, I still have, uh, I still have equipment in my basement because yeah, I, I really wanted to start that so bad. And, but Yeah life happens and got kids in the way and i'm glad you did it though well i kind of feel like a huge dick because i <laughs> i think i was like kind of leading you on for a while like yeah yeah i'll do it and it at the time you know i was so deep into my job and i was worried um and this was all definitely pre-george floyd stuff so yep. i was saying like the early days maybe too late late 2018 2019 and i was just like i don't know i don't want to put my voice out there i'd get in trouble kind of thing and here I am asking you to do that. So I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no problem, man. No, that's, that was a difference between me and you, though, is I, I've got a lot of ideas, but to follow through on a lot of them, there's there's usually too many ideas floating around. So it gets lost in my ADHD head. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people that do what we do may have that going on, allegedly. Dude, I, I, I'm just convinced at this point, everybody... For lack of a better term, everybody has their different version of crazy and is whether or not you choose to harness it or not. Yep. Use your craziness to be your greatest ally. Yep. I should I put like that on a fucking t-shirt, man. I could be rich. Idea right there. Hell yeah. So, Mr. Elwood, you were a cop in the great state of Michigan, correct? Yes. Yep. Um, been a police officer for shoot going on nine years now. So started right around 2013. And uh, let's see, that was right when um, I mean, all these uh, riots are meshing together. The 2013, 2014 riots, 2015. Oh, yeah, that was uh, um, Brown. Yeah, Michael Brown, which Mike obviously Brown. you were a part of in Michigan. Michigan is very close to St. Louis, yes? Yes. Yep, it just, you know, that directly affected us because we were the ones that did it. So, so yeah, we uh, we end up getting, you know, being a new cop, and all of a sudden that hits the news, and, yeah, that was, that was quite a eye-opener for being a brand-new cop and having that happen right at the time, so... Yeah, that was something yep. uh, that me and you kind of shared a unique experience. Is we basically, you know, I had a couple months on you, but we basically started uh, right around the, the same time so we could kind of bounce some things off of each other besides yeah. our nuts. But let me ask you this. Why law enforcement? Why did you choose uh, to go down this route? Um, I never chose it. So uh, growing up, never had it on my mind. Um Throughout high school, I, I worked on cars. That's that's what I looked into. Had a lot of family in the military. So 
uh, once, you know, once I got done out of high school, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, my dad was one of those guys that, Hey, if I did it, you can do it. I'm not giving you money for college. So guess what you're doing? So I ended up joining the military, picked the first thing they had available with the quickest way to get out of there. So that ended up being military police. And I went through, um, basic training in Fort Leonard Wood for military police, came back, um, got assigned to a unit here in Michigan. And yeah, I started looking into college again and our uh, community college said, hey, if you go for criminal justice, we can get you 30 credits for, uh, you know, your basic training and your AIT school. And that seemed like a hell of a deal. That's, you know, that's cutting off a couple semesters and I didn't want to be in college any further than I had to. So fell into that, started taking classes. Yeah. Just kind of, just kind of fell into it. Uh, went to the police academy and that's the police academy is really where I really started gaining an interest in it and started, started finding out that, yeah, this is something I want to do. Yeah. I I'm pretty uh, laid back and just kind of go with the flow with everything, but my biggest thing that I always tell is that everything happens for a reason. So, you know, I, I could be doing probably a hundred different things, but looking back, I wouldn't do it any other way. So, yeah. You know, I, this is going to be a newer question, I think, on the podcast that I've been meaning to throw in my repertoire of dumb questions at the end. But we're going to ask it now. Yeah. I'll probably forget because I'm lazy and I won't type it out right the second. But if if you had a magic ball... And you could go back, or maybe a genie's the right, I, I don't know what the right fairy tale thing I could use. But if you could go back and catch yourself, would you go into the job and, and follow the same path you did? Or would you maybe look um, into something else? You know, I help teach at academies and everything. And with the way things are, and I mean, what I tell them is, hey, if you're going to go to college, don't go to college for criminal justice. It's the biggest waste of a degree. You can go to a police academy without any criminal justice classes and still become a police officer. I'm trying to get back into school now that my kids are a little bit older and life's starting to slow down for cybersecurity. I think that's kind of the next wave of big stuff going on. And if I had to go back, honestly, I'd probably do that. I mean, there's people making... 180, 200K doing cybersecurity, and they're not dealing with the shit we're dealing with. So, but man, the life experience you gain and uh, just seeing how other people live and how much worse off you could have, you, you know, you could be in life. I think that that brings a whole different kind of perspective to to your life as a police officer that no one else gets to see. So, you know, what I, what I do. No, yeah, go would ahead, I do something different? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I <laughs> being going with a flow. I mean, yeah. If it was money and family, you know, putting money and family first, definitely, I'd do something different. So, well, I, I wanted to talk about going with the flow, but you said something that really perked my interest is seeing how other people live. I don't know about you, and I, you know, I have kids. You have kids. I feel like that is just a hard thing to explain to people without them actually seeing it yes 
I sorry, kids, if you end up listening to this down the road, hopefully you're not listening to this now. I'll, I'll you'll be grounded. But I it's you know, my kids are so and I think every parent thinks this is my kids are so entitled. They want this or that. I'm like, dude, you guys have no idea the conditions, you know, kids live in and, you know, small yep. apartments and everybody shares a room on one mattress. And, you know, the best they can get is ramen noodles and yep. just terrible shit. And and I think even grownups, adults have a hard time recognizing how other people live in this in this country. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you you walk into some, you know, you you don't know what kind of call you're walking into, but how often is it that, you know, you walk in someplace and you're like, man, these conditions don't seem right. And then you have to take a step back. These aren't right conditions for my kids. But in general, are these kids safe? Are they fed? Are they clothed? If the answers are yes, you know, they're not being abused. That's that's kind of where it stops. I, I remember being brand new and you know, I was making calls to um, child protective services all the time thinking, yeah, these kids shouldn't be here. And they're like, no, that's that's fine. That They're OK being there. You know, they're not being abused or neglected. They just have a really shitty life. You know, they're, they're just not well off. And yeah, it's you know, you got adults that are walking past other adults all day long. And from what I see, everybody's pretty uh, selfish these days. And it's because they don't get to see the other side of it. You know, they don't get to see uh, what what some families are going through. You know, a single mom that's working multiple jobs, especially with the way things are right now, the the price of food, the price of gas. I, I feel bad for these families and no one else really takes that into account. So, yeah, it's it's a perspective that I definitely don't take for granted and try to take it into consideration whenever I'm doing something. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, you try to bring awareness to it. And I think you are onto something. Well, I think it's pretty safe to assume people are very selfish these days. <laughs> uh, you know, and it, I think it's such like, I feel like I sound like my parents is like, oh, people these days don't give a fuck about people. And they're like, yeah, yeah. whatever, dad. But I mean, it it really is true. We live in a really vain society, and you know, nobody nobody really cares about. I mean, I care. I want you guys to all know, listening at home, I care <laughs> deeply about every single one of you. But nobody cares. Nobody yep. cares about what somebody else is going through, and I think that selfishness is uh, it's a big part of the downfall of our society. Is don't get me wrong, you know, this country hasn't always been perfect, and we've certainly done some things very wrong. Yep. But uh, we definitely don't love thy neighbor. That is certain. No, I, I think that's one of the best things about police work. You know, people, people shit on the police constantly, but police are going to care because they have to. They're going to get sent to a call. They have to care. It's their job. They have to go there and make sure someone's OK, um, whether it's someone that's suicidal or someone that has no family around. Um and just hasn't answered the phone in a long time, we have to care and we have to go there. And even if we're pretending, um, so we're always going to, going to be there for someone, but man, you know, I, we deal with calls where it's like, Hey, uh, you know, they're complaining on their neighbor because, uh, the, you know, their, their yard looks like shit or the grass is too long or, 
you know, whatever it is. And then you go over there and you find out, well, this, this person's bedridden with cancer, be a good fucking neighbor, go mow their grass for them or go pick up, you know, go, go over there and talk to them, go ask them what you can help with or something like that. But nobody does it. Nobody, nobody fucking cares. They're just, you know, they're too scared to go over there or they're too whatever to, to go put themselves out there and try to help their neighbor. And yeah, the police are going to do it because we have to. So I think, I think that's going to lead to, you know, more cops getting called to more of these small neighbor disputes or these small problems. And I mean, that just goes into all the problems of police, you know, one of the biggest problems of policing, there's not enough of us. We're getting sent to all this small bullshit that people should be handling themselves, but we can't because no one can handle anything. I have a philosophical question for you. Okay. Do you think that a cop can be a good cop, but not care, but pretend to care? Oh, yeah. I I mean, after nine years of doing this, there's a lot of calls that I go to that I'm like, I could give two shits about this person, but you know, the police side of me is I'm doing a job and I have to do a good job. Um, not because I don't want to get fired or in trouble or whatever. It's that's just what the job entails. You know, do I want to, do I want to go to the guy that's just overdosed for the fifth time in a week? No, I really don't want to. Part of me is like, fuck it. You know, if, if he doesn't want to get the help after we've been there four times, fucking let him fend for himself then the other hand is like this is our job our job is to save people our job is to make sure they're okay whether they want to help themselves or not so yeah i mean every every cop i mean you know you get burned out on the job a while you're gonna lose uh what you call i mean you're gonna you're gonna lose you're not gonna be a bright-eyed rookie where you just want to save the world um because you get far into this job, you're going to realize the world's burning around you and your little hose isn't putting shit out. So, hey, you, do dude, what you, you didn't have to call it little. OK, it's average, <laughs> average, average My hose, average hose. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. It, and I was thinking about my own question. And yeah, there's definitely been points in my career where I didn't care and you kind of just put on put on that mask and act like you care. But I I'd like to think that deep down inside my cold little black heart, there was just a little bit shining through where oh, maybe yeah. I care just a little bit. I, I, but I can't think, guarantee that. I don't think you can continue to be a cop for 25 years and not have, you know, some sense of wanting to help people and wanting to care. I think you can care deep deep down and mid-range just be so burnt out and sick of doing the same stuff over and over and you know so i mean you you have to you have to secretly care um but you definitely don't think about it after a while not like you did when you were brand new you know wanting to just go save the world and everything because you kind of realize that yeah at some point you're you're just a small small portion of it but you know, if you get, we got 700,000 cops in this country, if they all just put their best foot forward, you know, we're definitely, we're definitely helping people out more than you really think, you know, your, your little helping that you think is small and insignificant times 700,000 is, is really actually making a difference. 
you just can't see it. It's hard to see. No one, no one puts that stuff all over the news daily. So yeah. Don't mean to sound like a Debbie downer here. Yeah. We're, we're starting out really hot and heavy. <laughs> really, really, really. Yeah. Well, let me, let's, let's, let's switch to Michigan. And, and we talked about Michigan a while ago on the podcast, but we'll refresh everybody's memories. What's going on in Michigan as far as being a cop? Is that a good place to be a cop? Is the job still good or does it kind of suck yeah. ass like everywhere else? I mean, I think so. Um, we're, we're getting the same thing as everybody else, but at a way slower pace. I mean, we're, uh, what was it two years ago? Um, the state basically said, Hey, anything they, they had a list of these 20 misdemeanors, all these 20 misdemeanors. Cause be- before this, we would arrest everything, any, any misdemeanor we would arrest, um, aside from traffic stuff. So like suspended license, trespassing, you know, that kind of shit we could give a, um, a summons for, well, now they do it. These 20 misdemeanors you have to give a summons for, and it's basically everything except for drunk driving and domestic, everything else you cite and release. It's gotten even worse with felonies. If it's a nonviolent felony, it's a summons. You don't get arrest warrants anymore for people. But on the same token, I mean, we still have a lot of public support. We're a, mainly a blue state, but the the residents really appreciate police officers and they do a good job of showing support for us every single day. I, I usually have every every single day. I usually have at least one person come up to me and thank me for what I'm doing. Um, even if it's just a, you know, while I'm in line at Taco Bell or something or sitting out in a parking lot and they pull up, they're saying something. Yeah. Besides that, I stuff's getting stricter, just like every other state, you know, they're, they're hammering down on people doing policy violations. A lot of the state is going over to, I can't remember the name of it, but a lot of the departments are getting this accreditation so that they can get money from the government. Which oh, is please, God, what? don't say Kalia. Oh, yeah, there it is. That's oh, it. Oh, God. So we're, yeah, the whole state's pretty much switching over to that. Um, we haven't noticed too much of a difference, honestly. It's just a lot of a lot of policies that, are more in depth and policies that you wouldn't think you would need a policy for, but you do, you know, can I, so. can I go on a Kalia rant? It's been a little while. Oh, please do. <laughs> Here's what Kalia is. Kalia is fleecing the good citizens of this country and acting like an accreditation means something. I know several departments that were Kalia and they had their accreditation and now those departments have, uh, oh, what the fuck do they call it when the DOJ comes in? The consent decrees. Yep. Kalia doesn't mean anything. Okay. Kalia is just basically a way for that group to charge money and fleece citizens of their tax dollars for, for basically nothing. Um, a lot of money for that. A lot. a lot of man hours. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking waste. I, you know what? I'm all for having a good solid policy and procedure. So guys know what they can and can't do. That's totally cool. But these go like way overboard. And it's just like, you can't walk out of the parking lot to your car without violating some policy. It's just beyond ridiculous what the shit is. Um, You know, I I've seen, I've seen and heard of agencies that don't have policy and procedure. 
manuals and they just kind of oh yeah that's bad i i agree that's bad uh we don't need kalia to come in and do it um that's my two cents fuck kalia i will always say that fuck kalia there we and go correct me if i'm wrong but it's it's to the point where if you don't get this accreditation within a certain amount of time you're that department's going to get cut off from federal funding i don't that's what i that's what i understand well and i don't to be honest with you i don't know the inside baseball of that if if that's one of those things where people do it to get additional money and it's because you got to rob Peter to pay Paul kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. By the way, that is my favorite old timey saying. <laughs> I'll just throw it out whenever I can. I don't even know if it made sense in that context. I'd like to know who those guys were. You don't know who Peter and Paul are? I do not. But mm. Peter got fucked over pretty bad. Yeah. You should read this big book. It's called the Bible. Mm, there you go. I am not yeah. religious. All. well i'm uh i'm the worst catholic on earth and uh i haven't read very much of it but i do know that old timey saying enough heaven and hell there's been some major cases that have come out of michigan of late and i wanted to talk about those yeah the first one which i don't really have any knowledge of we'll, we'll start with is the msu shooting so we just had that was it been a couple weeks ago already? They had a guy that uh, afterwards they found out has no ties to MSU, has just ties to the to the area to Lansing, but really no other ties to the place. He walked in and he had two loaded pistols and just started shooting up the school. Listening to some of the dispatching and stuff, the dispatcher they need a shout out. I mean they. They did an incredible job trying to, I mean, field hundreds of calls coming in. They had cops on scene that were, you know, coming from home. So they're in a, a vest and a rifle. So there are calls on the, you know, there's multiple shooters all over the campus. It was just a nightmare. But this guy ends up, I want to say it was, there's seven victims. He ends up uh, getting away. And they're looking everywhere for him. And at this point, we have SWAT teams responding. And I'm not, I'm not shitting you. From three hours away, all over the state, every every side of the state is responding to this, to this incident. Even if it takes them three hours to get there, they're still responding just in case they need more people. One of the, uh, I think it was Lansing PD, ends up finding a description. Dispatch puts out a good description of this guy. Um, with a picture. Uh, I think they, somebody posted it. Maybe the school posted it on their website um, and their Facebook. That's the shooter that they're looking for. And hours later, they get a call from someone that said, Hey, um, I think I see this guy. And this was a couple of miles outside of um, the campus. So you've got hundreds of cops searching this massive campus. And now they've got, a, you know, three miles away across town, a possible sighting. And I, I think in my head, like, okay, do you, do you stay on the campus or do you go start sending people out to this possible sighting? You know, how, how good is this possible sighting? Especially when all these other calls are coming in of possible sightings, the officers end up getting there and they spot the guy, he goes running. And by the time they get up to him, he had shot and killed himself. So 
no officers had to fire a shot at him. They attempted to, I mean, there was no saving him from what I was told. He was, he was very dead. So there was no saving him. Yeah. It just a crazy, crazy scene. And, but the response and the, the way they handled it, um, MSU had their lockdown procedures. I saw a video of, you know, all these kids in the classroom, they're bunkered down behind the doors. And now you got cops knocking on the door saying, Hey, we're cops, let us in, you know, and it was good to see their training. You know, we're like, I'm not opening this door for anyone, like shove a badge underneath the door or something. So they did a really good job. And unfortunately there's, I mean, there's kids, we had a high school shooting Oxford high school a couple of years ago. And that there are kids that go into that college that were in that shooting, uh, which is really shitty for them to have to go through. So they were in their second school shooting, but it was just, it was good to see the amount of help that they got um, coming from all over the state. So yeah, it was uh, three dead and five injured total at, at that shooting. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy. That was like kind of in and out of the news. It, yeah. Very quick. And the, it started gaining a little bit more momentum when they found out that the guy had two prior charges. There was one, I don't know when these charges were, but um, he had two prior charges. One, um, one of them was completely dismissed. I can't remember if it was just a, a like an assault or a gun charge. The second one was a gun charge, and that one was reduced from a felony, which would have kept him from having a firearm in the first place. It was reduced to a misdemeanor, which allowed him to keep having firearms after he served probation or whatever the hell it was. Um, obviously, you know, Fox news and a lot of the right wing news organizations got a hold of that and kind of plaster that like, Hey, you know, and it, our courts, this is what I've been telling people, you know, it's our courts are the ones that are not following through on what they should be doing. Um, the police are doing their job, arresting these bad guys, putting away in jail. Corrections officers are doing their job. They're keeping keeping the suspects safe, keeping them in, in jail, keeping them from running. And in the meantime, these courts are just dumping them out on the street. No bond, low, no, low bond, uh, dismissing charges left and right, whatever they can do. Um, just keeping that, that wheel and that system rolling. And yeah, it really sucks, especially seeing that. And as a, I guess as a court, you can't say like, well, this guy's going to do a mass shooting in the future, we need to hammer them. You can never tell, but you got to at least try to uphold the law. And yeah, that guy had two prior charges that possibly could have prevented him from having uh, legal access to a firearm. And from what I understand, both of his firearms were registered and were legal for him to carry. Yeah. So kind of I'm, to play devil's advocate. Well, and I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to defend the court system. You know, what's to say, you know, criminals break the law and they and they do they do bad things. So who knows if he would have got one illegally, but it would have been tougher for him to do what what pisses me off is. And I mentioned this not too long ago is we have, you know, I we're not going to go down the crazy two a well, I don't say oh, crazy, no. but we're not going down that argument today. But what I will say is, yes. School shootings, mass shootings, that is a very American problem, for sure. 
And that's something as a country we need to deal with. And I think it kind of goes along the lines of nobody cares and everybody's vain and we don't take care of each other. But a lot of shootings, not this one, obviously, but a lot of shootings are really people that shouldn't have guns. And we don't enforce the laws. We plead down felonies. Uh, You know, I told a story about how I caught a guy with a gun and he had a felony and he got double secret probation. If we started enforcing the gun laws on the books, we may have better luck and drop homicide numbers. Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just saying. But, you know, people don't you know, we we have this new thing where we need we need to kick people out of jail because jail is bad. OK, how's that working? We're yep. two years into this experiment. It ain't working very well. Um, Sure. Do we need to put a guy in prison for five years for having some pot? No, probably not. We don't need to do that. But the violent people, the people that habitually commit, yeah, they need to go to jail. Um, yeah, mere, I, mere, lived... possession, mere possession of a firearm when you have a, a violent history should should be enough to say, you know what, this guy obviously has bad intentions and should not should not be out on the streets. That yeah, should be. You can't lock that guy up forever, but at least give him some time to give him something to think about. So maybe he doesn't do that shit again. Because is that going to be worth, you know, him carrying around a gun? Is that going to be worth two or three years of his life? He might not think so. And maybe he will. I don't know. But and and yeah, the prison system is not perfect. But I can tell you what is not working is whatever the fuck we are doing is not working. It needs, you know, putting everybody on probation and parole. I'm talking to parole agents right now that have. 70 80 guys on their caseload how, how the fuck are these guys supposed to supposed to keep up with 80 felons that i mean you and i know these guys change phone numbers every freaking three months they change housing constantly they're not in the same car i mean they're they're all over the place they're hard to track down um because they're just transient how, how are they supposed to keep track of 80 people and do what needs to be done and keep an eye on them and tell them what they're doing is wrong or that they're doing a good job. You know, they're getting, it's doing nothing. It's the only way to keep them from doing stuff like that is to get them away from the people that they're doing it with. And, you know, that's my advice to people who who are hooked on drugs. I'm like, you're never going to get away from these drugs. If you have that phone full of contacts and you live in the same spot and you know where everything is like, yeah, you might be able to move and find it somewhere else, but it's going to be a lot harder. You're going to have to start out. So, yeah, this this putting them back out on the street and slap on the wrist and letting stuff pend in the court system is just not working. That's, that's, a, really, that's a really good point you brought up. And, and I've used that same thing with, with drug addicts, but I think it's an excellent point for people – that are just habitual criminals. It's the same thing. Like if you just get out and you go back to where you always hang out, you're hanging out with the same exact people. Your life is going to be exactly the same. Yep. Yep. We you, should start you who you... sending them to California. I like that idea. A California relocation program of all criminals. Just take half the state. All the criminals go to California. That's Perfect. I mean, while you're on probation, while you're in prison, everybody goes to California. I don't think that's a bad idea. Do you want to look? We have another happy subject that we're going to talk about. But before we started recording, you hit me with you had a a scenario for me that you wanted 
oh. need to answer? What do you got for me here? <laughs> All right. So um, at this uh, academy I teach, the teacher always asks, uh, like, uh, would you rather in the morning and then uh, like say one good thing about your day? But I heard this really dark one the other day that, oh, my God, it's pretty bad. So it's pretty bad. It's um, all right. Would you rather have sex with your mom in your girlfriend's body uh, or have sex with your girlfriend in your mom's body? <laughs> That's not cool, man. Well, it's the, uh, let me set the stage here there, with some. There's some no music. winning. Um, so let me put on some music so I can think about what I want to do here. <laughs> there's no winning in this situation. Okay. So sex with my mom, but it's, uh, but she's in your wife's body, she's in my wife's body or sex with my wife, but my mom's in the body. Yep. Uh, boy. Um, ah, like I would lean towards my wife's body, but then, but then you psychologically, you're like, oh my God, I'm banging my mom. But then you're like, okay, well then let's go the other direction. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm banging my mom. This is like the most fucked up version of the trolley car (laughs) question. And once it's over. They switch back bodies and you continue on with your life, but everybody knows what happened. Oh boy, how would you answer? I I don't. I just ask the question. I don't answer it. See, that's that's not cool, man. <laughs> oh my well, god, there's no. Winning. I have, I have an answer. Um, I don't think this is the right sound I'm going for, but we're gonna play it. I'm the fifth beetle. Nope, that's not. But I'm going with the fifth. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good plan. The fifth. I was looking for the Dave Chappelle, but I, I don't have it on here, which is a, a travesty. So the best thing to do question is just to deny and walk away, and whatever you can do to not answer it. Because if I'm you gonna answer, pretend, it, I'm going to pretend it never happened. I'm going to pretend this this whole conversation <laughs> didn't happen. Is what I'm actually going to do. You're going to be thinking about it tonight, though. It's never going to leave off. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, On that note. On that uh, note. Back to it. Boy, maybe we should talk about Megan Hall since we're talking about that. So I I told him, and and I'll tell you guys, and I think you guys know, I'm recording a little ahead. I got kind of a busy uh, March ahead of me. So I think this is going to come out. Towards the end of March, it's March 3rd right now. Something not big in the news, but it's making its way through the news, is uh, Megan Hall of Laverne PD fame is suing her police department, um, saying that she was groomed. And it's kind of interesting to me. I I don't expect that you... I actually read most of the, the lawsuit where she's su- suing the city, and I, I've come to the conclusion she she's never going to work again. She's going to no. make a lot of money off of this. And uh, me and you actually have never talked about the subject, but reading through this, I can see that 
if if anybody's ever read a lawsuit, it, it's all one sided, right? You're not going to see, you know, they're obviously not going to put in the lawsuit what their what the plaintiff did wrong, but so you can kind of read between the lines and some stuff, and, and some of it is subjective. You know, it's their opinion on how this went, right? And obviously, you read through and you're like, oh, that looks pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's more to the story. Uh, here's here's my thing, real quick here. For her, it probably sucks to be a meme, right? I get that. Uh, I think in this society, it fair or not, that's your 15 minutes of fame now is being a meme, where maybe in the 90s that wasn't, you know, you'd be on the news, people maybe crack some jokes, Letterman might make crack a joke, Jay Leno and his fucking giant chin may crack a joke, but that's that's kind of it. But now you're plastered everywhere. I could see how that sucks for her, right? But kind yep. of is what it is. It's That's the world. But you know, they're in that lawsuit she's talking about, you know, basically she felt like she was forced to do these things. And I watched an interview where it was like, well, it wasn't rape, but I, I did it kind of unwillingly, but I wouldn't say it's rape. I'll tell you right now, if, like if he raped her and made her do that shit, like I'm totally on her side. Like, holy fuck, that's horrible. But I, I think that whole culture in that department was like that. And she just kind of took part in it. And unfortunately for her, she became the joke, but it was kind of everybody was doing it. it. And I will just say this as an adult, I think, I think hopefully most of us can agree on this. You have a choice. Like you're a cop, you have a badge and a gun, you have a choice. And she said she didn't feel like she could go anywhere because the chief was in on it, which she was. And that's why he, she's going to be a rich lady. And, and I'll talk about that in a second, but her husband, um, the city, you know, district attorneys whoever like you're a grown person and as a cop i would just hope that you know better and that you don't have to do those types of things like i don't think you know what i'm saying there like on one hand i feel bad for her but on the other hand i'm like you're an adult like remove yourself from the situation i don't it being forced to do something is like actually like with a gun to your head if it's well i want to get into this unit so i'm going to suck this guy's dick I don't agree with him putting you in that position if he did, but on the same token, I don't agree with you doing it because you think you have to go work somewhere else. Am I off base with that? No, no. I just, I just actually Googled to see how old she was. I'm like, Oh man, maybe she's, you know, 21 just joined the police department. She's 26 years old. She, she's plenty old enough in my opinion to be able to make their own decisions. And the funny part, like before we got on this, um, before we got started today, I was looking up uh, just Michigan police news just to see what was going on around the state because I really try to stay off the news. But there is a, a female cop up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Same type of thing tried to happen to her. She was being groped. She was being offered sex, all this other stuff. Um, and she she went to the as high as she could go and told them about it and that she didn't feel comfortable and she, you know, she brought it up to them and, you know, she got fired from her job because she, she, you know, she made these accusations and she's fine with that, but she didn't go ahead and go through with all this stuff. Like Megan Hall did. Wait, um, she got fired. She got Were they fired like baseless or like they're, they fired her because they're like, holy shit, we don't want to get in trouble kind of thing. Uh, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Mm, um, I didn't read too much into the story. I just, you know, just 
reading that part, you know, she, she stood up for herself and, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let guys do this to me and I'm not going to be put in these positions. I'm going to say something about it. And that's all Megan Hall had to do with, you know, if the chief is in on it or whatever, Hey, there's always a, you know, go to the state police. If you have to, I'm not saying go and, you know, a, a cop hit on you or something and you're going to go tell the state police, like, Hey, I'm being sexually harassed at my work. You know, if it was a one-time thing, if, you know, obviously this was a long time thing. She, she was getting attention. She was getting things that she wanted. She wasn't getting nothing out of this deal. She is, in my opinion, just trying to backtrack. I mean, this lawsuit comes, how long has it been? It's been. Yeah. I mean, it's been a couple of months. I, I honestly sure. feel like, well, here's the thing and reading some of the stuff in here, uh, she, she's, she's going to get some money. Like there's no doubt. Um, yeah, but I, I was going to say though, is when this shit started and any, you, anybody can Google Megan Hall lawsuit. It comes right up. You can read it yourself. If she made these accusations early on, you know, you're saying what happened there. She ended up getting fired for making it. Let's just say in a perfect world, she makes these accusations early on. She, she fucking owns that department, man. Yep. Uh, yep. she 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 owns the department and i i don't think anybody should stand for that type of shit so if anybody's listening to this podcast i would hope as an adult somebody's treating you like shit quit go work somewhere else fucking report it and i know there's these stories out there where you know people aren't believed and i'm not saying that's right or anything like that but at least you can leave with your pride yep it's, which it's, is, is better it's than the hard, that's the hard way out and that's the route you should be taking the easy way out is I'm going to just go along with it and make the best out of the situation. And all of a sudden, wham, it just blows up. Here's where here's there's some text message exchanges that are part of this lawsuit that they, I guess it's a screen grab or something. So I'm, I'm assuming that this is factual stuff, but there's the chief is texting. He knows about the pictures. He knows what's going on. He indicates he's trying to get with her. What the fuck? What the fuck? And this this is me. You know, all of the big problems within law enforcement. Personally, I think, you know, the shit rolls downhill. Almost every single one of those organizations have god awful shit fucking leaders. And if this chief out here in Laverne was a fucking man. He would have fucking protected his officers. He wouldn't have let that fucking shit stand. And he took part yep. in it. And he had like a burner phone so he could do some of this shit. And it's just fucking embarrassing for the profession, man. Um, yep. So she it, she's going to fucking. And honestly, like, I know in, in my personal opinion, she probably, you know, is is more guilty than she leads on in the, in the lawsuit. But the bottom line is the chief had nudies of her and she didn't send nudies to him. And he knows about it, and he's not doing anything. I hope she does fucking flee some man. I hope she, oh yeah, uh, gets her shit taken care of and leads a better life. And you know, this is in her fucking rearview mirror. But it fuck, fuck this guy, man. What the fuck? I, yeah, I mean, she's protecting herself by doing this lawsuit. But on the other side is that department and the entire leadership, entirety of that leadership, will let it all happen, and. You know, it seems like it's a pretty small department for that town. I want to <laughs> that... say it was like, 
maybe 50, 60 cops. Yeah. So you got that community. And in the back, you know, in the backstage of all this policing going on is this drama that's affecting however many cops. And now, you know, a fifth of the force is gone. And now they're having to re, you know, get a new chief, new sergeants, new patrol. Like, what a fucking disaster. And all because the chief or a lieutenant or a sergeant couldn't step up and say, hey, this is wrong. We need to stop doing this and yeah. put a stop. But before this gets bad, before something happens, you know, maybe maybe it was all Megan and she started it all. Hey, listen, you're married. We can't have this going on around here. That's not professional. We need to keep professional standards. And I, I know, you know, like any police department has their problems and it's a male dominated space, but man, yeah, that kind of stuff. And it just can't fly. And that again is a good leadership in place. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking fly. And here's my challenge to you guys. And and I'm going to sound like a a guy that I make fun of a lot of old den from street cop, but let me, if you work at an organization where you know that shit goes on, it's not a good place. Even if you're not part of it, at some point, it is going to go horribly wrong. And yep. it has the potential to go like Laverne because everything fucking goes to social media now and everything blows up. So remove yourself from it. Don't don't be part of that. And if by happen chance you're an administrator that listens to this podcast or your supervisor that listens to this podcast and you know that shit is going on in your department, don't fucking look the other way because ultimately you're going to destroy the reputation of your department and everybody else nearby. Just stop. Just fucking stop for one goddamn second and stop being so fucking selfish. Oh, somebody else's problem. No, it's your fucking problem, man. You have stripes. You have a fucking bars. You have a gold badge. It's your fucking problem. Deal with it correctly. Yep. And leadership has, I mean, when you become in leadership, you are, you are responsible for the welfare of that department and the welfare of the people um, that are underneath you. And you, whether you're friends with them, what doesn't matter if they're making your department look bad or they're starting to affect the, the health of the department uh, and, and the other officers, that's a problem and it needs to be, needs to be cut out. I have a question for you. It's I'm here for it. Something something I've kind of noticed. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't done a lot of research into it, but there seems to be a good size for a department where if it's smaller or bigger than a medium-sized department, stuff tends to go wrong. And, you know, you got a small department like Laverne, 50 officers. I, I would consider that a smaller department um, for around here. Seems like stuff kind of goes underneath the radar more there. And then you got huge departments like Chicago where it's the fucking wild west and they have no idea what the hell's going on half the time. And it just, I don't know. Have you, have you noticed that over your career? Like where there's Um, departments, but there's like a good, like a happy medium, a happy sized department that it seems like that's a good sized department where things are being taken care of. It's not too big where people are getting away with anything. It's not too small where people can hide stuff. 
you know, I, I guess the way I would answer that question, I don't, I don't know if there's a magic number. I honestly think it really, it starts with having good leadership. And yeah. it, the second part of that is hiring the right people. Yeah. And this is going to sound kind of dark and fucked up. And I'm just going to assume all the cops that listen to this podcast are great fucking cops because you listen to me. Just kidding. But I would argue, and I've made this point on another podcast, but you know, everybody talks about, oh, we want our police departments to be a reflection of society, right? They are. Yeah. Are you looking? <laughs> they are. Because you know, and I'm not going out there and saying cops are all bad people and stuff like that, but let's be honest. The shit that happened in Laverne, it happens fucking every workplace. That's just not a cop thing. There's bosses that fucking hire people and fucking sleep with their coworkers. It's not a law enforcement thing. I just, we are a thoughtless, selfish society. And unfortunately, there's people that get hired that are thoughtless and selfish and it you know one one bad cop can cause a lot of damage on any size agency to be honest with you so my humble opinion it starts with good leadership and it starts in the second part of that is good hiring and if you don't basically you need good people yep and i think you end up with bad people if and honestly with the way things are right now i think you could have potentially good leadership in place and still get I don't want to say bad people, but not as great of people because, and I always feel bad saying that because I know there's some young people listening to podcasts that aspire to be cops, but I'm not saying everybody applying now sucks ass, but there are some people I think getting through that suck ass. And I think it's because departments have no other choice. They're just lowering the standards to, to fit their needs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got, I mean, to go off of that, it's like, we have departments paying upwards of $25 an hour to put people through the academy. So they're paying for the academy. You're getting $25 an hour to be in the academy just to get, just to become a police officer. And I know damn well when me and you went through that, that was completely opposite. We were paying them 25 bucks an hour. Yeah. But that's a thing. That is a thing for sure is back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 10 years, people were just, they wanted to be cops so goddamn bad that they would do anything they could to get hired and people would put themselves through academies because they had to. And that's I'm I'm thinking that's probably going away most places in the in the world right now is Yep. You don't need to do that. The, Somebody's the gonna put you through. That I've noticed is almost all of our new hires, they're all laterals. So they're all coming from another department. Where where are these other departments getting people from if we're taking their officers with experience you know are they getting brand new ones and then you look at the academies and the academies are half full or they're you know they're not running as many as they used to it's like at what point are we going to start running out of cops to fill these spots and population's only getting you know is only growing in these major cities and they're going to have to keep up with those times yeah, it's just crazy to see. Yeah, it's it's going to take a pretty big incentive to get people to come back to the job. And you know, it might be on 
be beyond money at this point. You know, I, I see, I gotta be honest, man. It, it, I, I'm sure you've seen the memes about, you know, people, if you see a hiring bonus, that's a red fucking flag. That yeah. is a huge red flag. I, I mean, I talk to people that I know are going back or going to my agency and I'm like, why the fuck? Well, dude, it's a huge hiring bonus. There's yeah. a reason. Don't do it. Run away. Yeah. You see that like some departments, they, they don't sponsor anyone through the Academy. They, but they're still getting people hired there. They're getting all these laterals. That's, that's probably the one you want to go to. If they don't have, if they don't have the need to, like you said, put out all these incentives and try everything they can to lure people in. They're just getting people because they're a good place to work. That's where you're going to want to work. I had a and weird thought while we were talking earlier, and, and I haven't finished the thought, but it might be kind of interesting to talk about. What if we get to the point where police service is like kind of like military service, like a draft, like you may... Everybody yeah. gets drafted in to be a cop for five years. Oh man. Half of me's like, well shit. Maybe then people will see how fucking bad it actually is. Probably not. That that's wishful thinking. But uh, you know, because I'm kind of of the opinion the way the world is right now, 25 years is a long fucking time to be a cop. If we mm -hmm. if if they could somehow, and this is just fucking, you know, pipe dream right now, is if somehow it could be, hey, you do 15 years and you get a full retirement, people would, I think people would come back. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. shit, it's only 15 years. I only got to do it for 15 years and I get a, a whole retirement, which is crazy, right? Because you may, if you start at 20, and I would, here's, here's my, let's get on, let's start smoking a little bit here. Let's get the pipe out, the bong out, and we'll talk about this. I would say you can't start till 25. Um, you can leave at 40. You got to do 15 yeah. years and, and give people full retirement and they could work after if they want to. But you, I guarantee you get some good fucking applicants or people that really wanted to be cops if they knew they could get in and out in 15 years. A, a great symptom of that would be you got cops retiring without, you know, you're still going to have some mental health issues, but you shave 10 years off of a cop's career, you're taking out a lot of issues. You're taking, yeah. you're taking 10 years worth of, uh, you know, these dead baby calls, these car crashes, these domestics, all this shit. You're, you're cutting all that out and you're going to have some, some healthy people coming back at 40 years old to go grab a second job with all this experience and be able to do something else in the workforce. And yeah, they're going to be good candidates for, for whatever, uh, especially sales. <laughs> it seems like yeah. a hot thing that pe cops like to go into sales. Podcast, apparently. Podcasting. Yeah. Douches yeah. and basements. I mean, yeah, all kinds of cool stuff. Like, what, what more incentive do they need to give people? You know, the military is handing out $50,000, $100,000 to people, and they still can't keep up. And it's, you know... I did my, I did six year contract with them and, you know, I'm, I'm looking around at my six years thinking, do I want to spend another 16, 14 years with these people? And, you know, I've got a, I had about 10% of that unit that I could, I could honestly say like, yeah, I'd, I'd feel comfortable being with these people, um, in a war or 
you know, doing a mission with the rest of the 90%, I, I can't trust them to go fill up my fucking car. So, <laughs> you know, that, that was one of the reasons I got out was just the, the standard was super low and, you know, they were, they were keeping people in that we had, uh, we had like 70% of our unit couldn't pass PT. Um, back in the day, you'd get kicked out for that, but not, you know, not in these times when they can't get enough people. So yeah, I left that and went into police work and it's kind of getting the same way. You know, they're lowering standards. They're starting to open up a lot more. You know, I definitely have nothing against beards and tattoos and, um, you know, the appearance of people, people, I think people should look how their community looks. Just like you said, it's a reflection of the community. People have tattoos, people have beards, people have ear piercings or nose piercings. It is what it is. But when you start lowering the standards for, this is what you have to pass the academy with. And this is the type of training you need to, you need to have before you can get this job. That's when you start running into problems. Let me ask you this, and I'm kind of surprised it hasn't come up yet, but I feel like you'd be a good person to ask about this. There's a lot more incentive financially at a lot of these places for new cops to come in. Based on what I'm seeing, I don't see that translating to getting people to stay. Are you seeing that where basically it's here's here's the analogy I would use is when you sign up for like your cable service, you get a fucking bitching deal. But after you've been a customer for a year and a half, they're like, take it or leave it, motherfucker. And they raise the prices on you. Yeah. You know, do you see that with like basically old cops or older cops or basically being forgotten and they're not getting the same yeah. cool shit as the new guys? I have noticed that, you know, like um, when uh, departments around here started doing lateral programs, you know, hey, you can come in, you know, if you've got experience, you can come in at whatever, you know, however many years you had at that one at that pay rate. Well then these guys that just got hired in that had experience, but they didn't have a lateral, you know, lateral pay yet. Now they're getting paid less than these new, than these guys that are getting hired after them. And then with the older guys, when I started, we had people that had 33, 34 years on, they were staying just because it was fun. They wanted to stay. I can't tell you a single person that's deciding that they're going to stay past 25. They're, they're getting their retirement and they're leaving. And part of it's money, part of it's, you know, hey, I, this health insurance, I have to go work a different job. And, um, you know, the pay's better in the private sector. So, you know, the other part of it is, is I just don't want to do this anymore. I haven't, you know, I want to take my retirement and I want to go. Yeah, you don't, you don't really see, you know, good drop programs. You don't really see pay incentives for staying after retirement. Nothing like that. It's... It's once you tap out, that's what you get paid the rest of your career. And, you know, there's no bonuses. There's no, there's no anything besides either promote or stay where you're at. Those are your options. So a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't want to promote either. <laughs> you th you'd think they'd want to promote off the road um, and get up into an admin position. But uh, I'm starting to see less and less of that these days as well probably because i make memes making fun of people for wanting to be admin uh, i'm sure that's probably my fault <laughs> i'll take the l on that you so know if what anybody's no go ahead go ahead i it, it's true but uh people have to realize that all it takes is a couple people to get in those admin spots together and make changes that's all it takes
it's not it's not set in stone it doesn't mean that the next people coming in are going to be the exact same way and have to do the exact same thing so that's the way i look at it so if anybody's listening that has any kind of authority here's my recommendation to get people to be cops it's going to cost a little bit of money so it probably will never happen 15 years good retirement full retirement and fucking medical for life you will get so many fucking qualified applicants you will not know what to do that medical is a dude i i see that as the biggest the biggest obstacle i think that people come across for retirement that's their biggest obstacle yep. especially it's- with kids in a family you're you're spending over over a thousand dollars a month fifteen hundred a month on on health care for your wife and kids and there's half your retirement you know monthly down the drain so you can't can't really retire at that point so yeah that'd be nice all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast i want to talk to you about my buddy brad williams over at police fit you guys see him on the page every single monday on poorly made police memes brad's gonna help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry 17 years in the military and is also a first responder He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. We have one more very happy subject to talk about, and then we'll get into my dumb questions at some point. But before we do that, I need to do the officer of the podcast I'm getting low again, kids. Don't make me guilt trip you because I will. And I'll enjoy every moment of it. But if you know somebody that is doing excellent work and they need to be recognized, shoot me off an email. It's super simple. doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just make sure there's not words that are too big for me to read and understand. And if I see fit, they will be the officer of the podcast. Gives them a little recognition. And hopefully spreads Christmas joy. That's not what it does. Helps with morale. Just fucking don't be a douchebag. Get your friends a patch. Give them a little credit where credit's due. Okay. So as you guys know, Ghost Patch makes this happen. And they have graciously donated several patches. And the only way you can get this patch is by being a winner. Again, another winner is blankety blank. I'd like to stay anonymous, but my first FTO officer blankety blank of the blankety blank PD has been a huge mentor and role model for me. He's a cop's cop out doing the Lord's work, loves hunting drugs and knows the community and where everyone is at at any time. Constantly has the most warrant arrest on our department. Not only did he talk about police work during FTO, but also talked to me about life outside of it and the struggles it brings. He lives for the job, but somehow balances having a happy wife and two kids. He's the leader of our watch and does it by example. And after pass- the passing of my father recently, he took the time to consistently reach out and ask if I was okay. And if there was anything he could do to bring food, drinks, or whatever else I needed. He will also set your ass straight if you mess something up, but gives you a chance to fix it and return to being a partner. I wouldn't be anywhere half the poorer officer I am without him now now elwood does he deserve air horns applause or t-rex times a hundred that sounds 
like whatever cap should be. I like that. That's a good one. I think he gets a T-Rex too because I feel like it. They love the T-Rex. It is good. Yeah, blankety so, blank like a hell of a cop. Yeah, blankety blank keeps uh, racking him up. So blankety blank's doing a hell of a good job. Are you ready for more happy fun time topics? I feel like I feel like I'm just bringing all the happiness to your podcast tonight. I brought you on because I thought you were full of joy, and uh, you were a buzzkill, bud. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's not me. It's you. It's me. So. There may or may not have been a shooting in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I, I, I wanted to talk to somebody that is a cop in Michigan so I could kind of get a sense for how things were. I assume by now most people have seen the video. Basically, the, the, the gist is traffic stop. And I think it was because it had a, mis, uh, a misused plate or something like that. I don't know what you guys call it in Michigan. Yep. Improper plate, yep. Okay. Uh, so coming coming back to a different car. Yep, so that's the reason for the stop. The, the guy ends up running from the stop, and it's... At, honestly, at first, the fight and the run was kind of comical. Uh, bigger dude is running from the cop. The cop's a smaller guy. Cop tries to tase him. Doesn't quite work out. And at some point, the it looks like the suspect is reaching for the taser, grabbing the taser. The cop ends up on the guy's back and shoots the guy in the back of the head. The cop is uh, going to be standing trial very soon. I think he's out on bond. And that that's kind of the Reader's Digest. There's obviously a lot more to it. When I watched that video, and maybe before you listen to this, go watch the video. It's all over YouTube. And hit pause and come right back. We'll miss you. But... My me watching it, I look at that and I can say, well, and it's I really hate being like, well, if I was there, I would do something different. But my honest answer was maybe I would have handled that a little bit differently initially. And it got to a point where it got out of control. And I'm of the opinion if somebody has a taser and they're they're trying to tase you, it becomes a deadly force situation, not necessarily because the taser is gonna kill you but because you could become incapacitated and he could get a gun, your gun or, or whatever. So I was kind of surprised that he was charged, but I don't know Michigan law and I don't know all of that. So what's your take on that call? Did I miss anything important to the story? No, not really. I, I know. Uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, more than anybody else really knows. Yeah. So the officer, you know, goes up to the stop, um, talking to him on driver's side. He's asking for the license. The guy is seeming confused. So then the officer asks him to get out of the car. He gets out, goes to put in handcuffs. They kind of do a little ballerina dance with each other. And the guy starts to kind of take off from the stop. They start wrestling in front of that other house. And it's Can a, we stop it's, right there? Can we stop yeah. right there? I know this isn't possible everywhere, but I, I got to think in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Personally, in Again, I know this is impossible everywhere. I don't know why you're trying to handcuff somebody by yourself. Yeah. Is it, that it like, is, am I crazy for thinking department. that? Um, what I was told was um, the area that he was in, he was the only officer in that area. If it was, I can't remember if it was like during a roll call or during 
was during something to where there weren't many officers on the street at that time. So yeah, just, you know, Hey, no license on him. I'm going to hook him, put him in the back of the car. I, I've done that before too. So yeah, I mean, the guy didn't really fight before he got out, but you could tell he was, he was stalling that, you know, the suspect was stalling the whole stop the whole time by acting confused and just his body language and movement. There was something wrong right from the get go. And yeah, when, when they started twirling around in the, these yards, I mean, it was obvious that, that this cop was getting tired. It was a, it was a pretty drawn out. Um, it wasn't a quick, you know, 15 second wrestle match. And then the gunshot went off. It was a long time uh, in the rain. So yeah, he ends up getting out on this guy's back, um, tries to tase him. But as you know, when you tase from a close range, it doesn't really work. You have to get those two probes in um, with, with a good spread, you know, didn't happen. One of the probes went into the grass. Uh, I think there was a second shot of the, um, the second shot of tasers that one went into the jacket or missed just was not effective. And the suspect got a hold of the taser. And this is, this is the, you know, the optics of this one are terrible because of where the shot was placed. But as far as that's concerned in the end, it doesn't matter where an officer shoots somebody. In my opinion, if it's, if you have the legal right to, to fire at somebody, it doesn't matter if it's in the head, the hand, the groin, the leg, wherever you can hit them. That's if you have the legal means to do it, you're going to do it wherever you can. So I think that's what was, you know, I can't speak for the officer, obviously, but I think that's watching the video. That's what went through his head. He's, he's going to take the most effective shot. And that's what he did. And obviously there's two sides to that, that whole traffic stop. And one side is here's everything I would do differently. And the other side is just looking at it, how it is. Um, and how it is, is that that guy was under arrest and he resisted, which seems to be the cause of just about every single officer involved shooting is some sort of resistance against the officer when all they have to do is just put their hands behind their back and be done with it. Because you're getting it. We can't talk about that though. No. Because, you know, I'm sorry, but, (laughs) you know, a lot of these things that have happened, and I, you know, people do, are you saying comply or die? No, I'm not saying that. Plenty of people resist and are not killed every single day. But, you know, the whole, the whole thing, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That is, that's what's going to happen. And I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Do people, do some people run and eventually don't get caught? Yeah. I think most people end up getting caught at the end of the day. And like this guy, he's, it's like super recognizable. He's going to get caught. Where's he going to hide? That's, I guess, besides the point. But yeah, it always, that's the beginning of the math equation on every single one of these is something stupid like that where, if the dude was in the fuck, if the car ended up being stolen, worst case scenario, okay, he's in jail for a day or two, or he gets fucking cut a summons at that second. Like, it's oh, not yeah. a big deal, right? That dude would have been out the next morning, one hundred percent. They could have found a gun on him; he would have been out the next morning. And that's I I preach that to people all the time. It's like you know these suspects, like whatever you do, don't fight, don't run, just. You know, the worst case scenario is you spend a night in jail. The best case scenario is I'm in the wrong and you just want a lawsuit. So just do what the officer says. And, you know, I, 
like you said, you know, comply or die. No, that's not what I'm saying. Definitely not. But if you comply, they're going to throw you in handcuffs. They're going to put you in the back seat. They're going to take you down to the jail and you're going to get out. That's, that's the worst case scenario in that, you know, when you start fighting, worst case scenario is you're going to be dead because if a cop has to use lethal force, they're a lot better at it than the suspects are. So, well, yeah, and then- okay. And this is totally not fair, but I, I want to go here just because I'm curious what your thoughts are. But first, I'll start with a question. So we're, we're, we're at the point, let's just say we're at the point where the guy's guy has your taser, you're on the back of him kind of thing, and the guy's getting up or trying to get up. Yep. Does Michigan, are, as a cop in Michigan, are you allowed to use a quote-unquote chokehold? Can you use a carotid? No chokeholds. Um, no, we, we can't. We can't, you know, at my department especially, we have policies. And honestly, that was right when that, that department probably got this policy was, I mean, absolutely no chokeholds. You can't have your hand looking anywhere or your arm looking anywhere like it's around their neck at all. But here's the thing is if you're in a deadly force situation, that's considered deadly force. Use it. You know, the way the law is written in Colorado and maybe somebody can prove me wrong. But the way I understood it in Colorado, at least. Is it was illegal no matter what, even in a deadly force situation. And this to me is like kind of a perfect example of when a carotid type like, yeah, could you fuck up a carotid and kill somebody? Yes. But I guarantee if you shoot him in the back of the head, you're going to hit the off switch. So why don't we give this guy a chance and try the carotid? And hopefully it's applied corrective correctly. Guy goes out, you handcuff him, he wakes up. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But because we can't think critically and we take things away without yep. even putting the possibility of using it. I'm not saying the the officer involved in this would have done it. Maybe his, you know, you're in a fight, you're just gonna kind of react and do what you're gonna do, kind of thing. But maybe if he had that thought, well, I could try this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all these you know, Kalia and all these uh, all these new rules for policing that are taking all these things away. And you know how many how many people have died from chokeholds by a police officer? Well, apparently, um, you know, enough to make them change it. One, but but I'm thinking one, you know, and it's because it got a shit ton of attention and you know, you keep taking these tools away from officers and each time you take them away, I mean, uh, there's one tool that I didn't have taken away, but I gave it up. I don't use my baton. I don't want to be on the news beating some guy with a metal stick. Cause I think that looks way worse than wrestling with the ground or tasing him. In my opinion, I gave that thing up. I think that looks bad for optics. So I gave it up. And now that's an- another tool that's off my belt. And it's because there was people that used it wrong or, um, it got a lot of attention off of one incident and people didn't like it. I mean, the only during, during that, you know, like when you're saying he's getting up, the only thing that came to my mind that I would, that I think I would have done was, you know, stood up, booted him in the ass as hard as I could and take some steps back. Um, get him at, but if he has your, you still has your taser though. Yeah. Yep. Just get some distance in between, you know, kick him to the ground, back up as far as you can. If he's turned towards you with that taser, you know, you've got him pointing a taser at you. 
whether he's on the ground or not, he's still pointing that taser while you have him at gunpoint. I that's I my see what you're, I, I see what you're saying on that. I would I I disagree. I think what I would have done because I think if you usually creating distance is a very good thing, but I think in the circumstance of a taser is now you're not that he knows how to use it, maybe, but yeah, you know, you give him those extra steps that gives more distance for those prongs to separate and get more of a better thing. So now you're standing there with a, like, especially if he gets a shot off first, he tases you and you already have your gun out and he doesn't have to defeat retention. I think that could be yep. something. Um, what about this? Let's think outside the box here. What about pistol whipping him? Yeah. I'm, I don't know of a situation where you could get away with it. That might be one. You fucking nail that I, dude and you fucking knock him out and you say, hey, at least I didn't shoot him in the back of the head. I just watched a uh, police activities video. I think it was on there. I think it was on their YouTube page where a cop pistol whipped a guy. Bad optics, but he had he was in the he had ever, you know, he had the option to do it because it was in a deadly force situation and it worked. Um, that guy dropped, I think it was a knife he had or some, some sort of weapon. He dropped it quick. And bottom line is, you know, if you're in a deadly force situation, you've got guys that, you know, we've had a Grand Rapids officer that I've seen. It was, uh, that, this one's on YouTube too. There's a guy in the middle of the street, uh, with a gun. And it was after a pursuit. He had just, I think he just killed somebody or attempted murder, something like that. And this guy's running around and the cop just runs him over on the highway just rams them at the end of the day deadly force is deadly force whether you use a car a knife a gun whatever it's all in the same realm of deadly force so you know it, they're all going to look different and some people might not like one over the other but in the end they're all considered the same amount of force so and, and to get to get back to this this call I'm of the opinion I I don't think he should have been charged. Sure. I think sure you could say, well, things could have been done differently. Okay. Yeah, I but I once it got to the point where the guy had his taser, and to be fair, the guy, you know, I he was trying to get him, you know, gently into custody at first, right? Yeah, and then it yeah. blows up into this big deal. Um and, and it's honestly a thing where he's probably done that a hundred times and it's never been a big deal. And this time it went fucking south. I, I, I think at that point when the guy has his taser and I, I, I think you're there personally because of the, the damage that could be done with a taser and the ability of your gun being removed from you and the things they t teach you about in the Academy. I mean, that's in your head, right? You don't yep. want your gun being taken from you because every call you go to, even if they're not armed, a gun is always in play, right? That's the way we're trained. And if that's our current training and you act on that current training, that's my opinion. I, what do you think about him being charged? I, I I, think, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff I would have done differently. And we can do that all day because we can sit here and analyze this thing. We've got months to do it. Um, I think police departments should be the ones liable for how much training their officers get. I, I don't think officers get enough training at all. Um, I think if you put that officer through 10 hours a week of jujitsu and, you know, he gets a, an hour a day to work out and you, th you throw that officer in scenarios, you know, once a week, 
you know, put them into more training, which it's not, it's not even reasonable to ask a department to do that nowadays, but these police departments are asking a lot of police, of police officers. You know, we're supposed to be out here like fucking John Wick every day and we're not, you know, some people might have some wrestling from high school. Um, some people might go to jujitsu on the side once a week when they can make it. Some people, all they have is the defensive tactics they get once a year to cross that off the list at their department. You know, I, I, I think the officer was tired. I think he thought I I'm making it home tonight. I don't care what it takes. I, I think he was at the end. I think he was tired and you can hear it on the video, how out of breath he is. He was obviously, he obviously did as much as he could beforehand, um, letting that fight go as long as it did. Calling out on the radio, you know, nobody could get there. He's alone. He's got a, I think there's a passenger in the car filming. Um, so now he's got two people. He doesn't know who's going to come out and, you know, obviously nobody came out and helped him. Uh, somebody could have came out of one of those houses and helped the suspect because you don't know where this guy's from or what houses you're in front of, you know, you're, you're in, in front of some random house in their yard wrestling this guy. If it's some guy that doesn't like the police, he's going to come out and help that guy. You, you just don't know these things. So I think totality of the circumstances have to be looked into. I know that his court case, I think just got pushed back to October. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's October from what I saw in the news. And yeah, it's, it's going to be up to a jury to try and prove that he he was out of line doing that. And I don't think they'll be able to, um, given the law. And again, I don't know what Michigan's laws are, but just, I just, I would be shocked if he was convicted. There, there's some of these where you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. He's going to go to jail. Um, like, I, have you seen the one, uh, out of, Oh shoot. Where was it? Somewhere down South where the, the guy goes running and comes around a corner unarmed yeah. and kind of spooks him and shoots him. And you can tell that was at least in my opinion, I don't say you completely. can tell, but in my opinion, it was an act. It was an ND. It was an accidental shooting. It was completely accidental. Brand new cop too. He was young. He's, he's going to go to jail. Yeah. He's going to go to jail. Um, you're responsible for those rounds, man. But I, I just, I see this one in Michigan a little bit differently where you have a guy actually fighting has your taser, I think it's a lot different. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to say the yeah. least. And and I think since then and before like before and since then, there's countless officer involved shootings that are all over YouTube that are basically the same and they're you know, they're handled relatively the same and the officers are cleared. And you know, some of them the officer had less of a less of a reason to shoot the guy and still got cleared. So they're going to be able to show all the, you know, all those in court and say, hey, look at all these instances where the same type of thing happened and these officers got weird. How is this one any different? So, yeah. Well, and honestly, like that's, that's the thing that's terrifying for me as a person that may get back into law enforcement. And I think it depends on where you're at, but it's, it's kind of on the eyes that see it because I think a lot of pe people ultimately are going to be cleared by a jury or a judge, depending on which, which route you go. Yep. But dude, getting arrested, having to go through that whole process, that's fucking life altering. 
and, you know, the stress on your family and not knowing, you know, where your next meal potentially is going to come from because you don't have employment. It's, it's kind of terrifying. And, and I mean, I, we've seen it in, in states where people are cleared and then somehow they're not. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, and, it's trying times. And cops are guilty until proven innocent, you know, way, way more than the thing, you know, for suspects, you know, you arrest a suspect, they go to jail, they get out on bond, you know, maybe their family knows about it, but that thing isn't all over the news with their mugshot. You know, the minute a cop does something, it's, yeah, their career's pretty much over. I, I always think of Ferguson, you know, the amount of damage that was done, the riots, you know, that guy, that guy probably had to change his name. I don't know, you know, where he's at nowadays, but the guy, the guy. Had you know, what's funny is I had a comment one time in a thread where they're like, hey, what, what happened to Darren Wilson? Where is he? Does anybody know? And it's like, no, nobody knows. Like, you no. think we all just know where he's at hanging out? Like, oh, there's Darren. He's he's at the bar the other day. We were shooting pool. Like, that dude's life is basically, and I don't know what he does. I have no idea what he does. But I, I got to think it's, it's a shell of what it was before because, yeah. you know, if, if they, people figure out where he's living, there's people crazy enough that'll go down there and try and kill him. Yeah, and, you know, us in the police community may not have – you know, forgotten it. Most of civilians probably have forgotten it by now, but there's a whole group of people that will never forget it. And that's all, you know, they're just out looking for where that guy is now. And, you know, you Google search that, you know, he goes to, if he still has the same name, you go to apply for a job, they're going to Google your name. You know, they're not going to want some, you know, something like that hanging over their heads. And, you know, so yeah, I, I really feel for these officers that, you know, they get, they get charged with something when they shouldn't be man, you know, immediately their, their career's over, you know, this officer in GR, he'll never be able to be a cop again, in my opinion, nor will he want to. And I can't blame him. I mean, look what, you know, look what it's done to him, but it's a shitty situation. And um, the only thing I think as a, as a cop and you as a podcaster can do is just, Hey, learn from it and do the best you can think of how you would do it. I, I tell people all the time, I watch so much YouTube. I watch all these officer-involved shootings, not because I want to see it, but just because I want to know how they handled it and put myself in that situation. How would I handle it? So when the time comes, I hope I I can make the best decision for to keep myself safe, to keep the suspect safe, and to keep myself out of the news. Yeah, and, and I think when you do that shit on your own, you know, my I used to play the what-if game a lot, you know, coming to from work you know especially after you know i think about something i went on that day that went okay and thought okay what if it didn't go okay you know work through those things i think watching videos i think as much as i tell people you know take your time off but find time that you know and shit maybe it'll be at work if you're dicking off but think think through these things like hey if i come up upon this what is something because you're going to react to the way you're trained. And if you're not trained in something, then, you know, you're going to react to the closest you have to it. So it's, it's good to kind of have your mind ready in, in, in a place where, you know, kind of where you're going to go on stuff like this. Yep. It, yep. And, and I think the thing about watching videos on your own, because your, your department, if they see something, it's going to be like a knee jerk reaction, right? Like, Oh, uh, one person died of a choke hold gone. We can't do those anymore. So, you know, when you watch these things, 
don't have a knee-jerk reaction to it. Try and be objective to what you're watching and what worked, what didn't work. And I, I think oftentimes, it, fair or not, you know, we've all had bad days, but I, I think you watch some of the some people on YouTube and you're like, I hope I don't ever act like that. And you may realize maybe I do act like that on some calls. Yeah. Be be the cop that, you know, you would want coming to your house if your family was a victim. Yep. Every call. Every call. That's my my two cents on that anyway. You know so, what's even better advice? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go into your computer uh your community engagement division and just stay there. And do TikToks. And do TikToks. Just stick right there, work, you know, write out your time there and retire happily. I I made a meme uh, a few days ago and and I kind of laughed because they're half right. You know, like some people I made it was making fun of, you know, people in the community service divisions and whatever the fuck they do. And they're like, hey, man, guess what? I don't deal with the same shit you do. And I get paid exactly the same. Who's dumb? And I was like, huh. Mm -hmm. Now, is there is there honor in that? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. I'm not I'm not a judgmental person at all. That's that's a lie. I'm very judgmental. But it's it's a fair point, you know. And that's that's everybody's dream, right? Is get into a special assignment, not have to actually do any work. That's why we all became cops. I don't blame people for it now though. It's the fucking smartest thing you could do. Yeah, I, I think that's what people are gonna be fighting over now. Getting into I don't know about schools, but a lot of school resource officers they are uh Michigan just got I think it was $28 million in grants to have school resource officers. And every single school is applying for that grant. Every single one, if it's a public school. So, you know, all these departments now are hiring extra cops to go cover these school resource positions. And cops are just fighting over them because, hey, you want to deal with vape pens and sexting for the rest of your career? That seems pretty easy. Go to football games, hang out with kids. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've met some kids. I don't want to hang out with them all the time. I wouldn't I wouldn't make it a week in a school. I'd be fired. Yeah, that that would not be a good environment for me. Nope. Now, buddy, you uh, you've drugged out you've drugged down this podcast man for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Really really threw the damper on it. Are you ready to answer some of my dumb questions? I am. Are we ready for that? Let's liven it up a little bit. The first question I'm going to ask you is my favorite, and it's a new question, but do you have a favorite dead guy call? Freshly dead or? Anything, man. Whatever whatever dead. comes to mind. Freshly dead, dead for a while. Whatever you want to entertain us with, I'm here for it. Man. Um, I did have one. Uh, this was right when I started, so probably a year after I got on. We go into the house, definitely, you know, the smell alone hits you from the driveway. It's like this little, it's a condo. So I remember it pretty vividly because it was August, very hot day in August. And walk in, smell hits you, flies hovering the windows. Um, we end up finding the guy and I, I don't think I had many dead guys at this time. Um <laughs> and uh the guy is just black 
And I was like, okay, we have a blackmail deceased. You know, so I start getting into it, start filling out my paperwork, blackmail. Can't really tell an age yet, but he's an older gentleman. Find his wallet on him. So I pull the wallet out and it's a white male. It just, uh, the August heat being there for, I think we figured out it was three weeks. Um, <laughs> those sound <laughs> I'm going to get sympathetic puke over here. Um, (laughs) He was covered in flies, dude. And I just remember these flies. I'm trying to cover my mouth, but they're just freaking going all around me and sweating. And I look over in the corner and there's his dog also dead, curled up by the window. And the only thing I could think of was, man, what a good dog. He didn't even, you know, he didn't eat the, eat his owner. That's a good dog. That you know of. That I know a little nibble, but yeah, just that three week man. Oh no, I just think I just thought of another one. (laughs) I mean, if you want to, I'm here for it. Yep, first one, first dead guy call. I was in field training. Uh, my training officer is like, Hey, we got to go to this call, and this was clear across town, opposite side of the um, of where we worked. Drove me all the way up there, and I'd known some of these detectives from before, so they they wanted me to go see it and it's trailer home and this guy is melted halfway through the floor and i remember these uh the body snatchers come in and they just take they they take a uh razor blade and they just cut out all of the carpet around this guy and just up and you can just see the goo i mean it was guy had he was one of those alcohol he dried you know died from alcoholism just doing that bloody puke and bloody shit in any sort of bucket or bowl around the house so the sink was filled the bathtub was filled toilets are filled buckets are filled all with the shitty blood puke blood all around the house and that was my first first ever dead guy call that i ever had to go to and man that one stuck with me that is that, that one's definitely gnarly. the worst one and they cut out the carpet to take this guy out, and they're just scooping goo up. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That one was bad. Uh, all right, so this is a little dark, but on a side note, um, friendly reminder, kids. It is very selfish to kill yourself, and it is very selfish to do it in a public place. Just don't do that, please. I, I had a friend uh, tell me about a case he recently had. I'm just like, why would you do that? Don't be a yep. dick. I mean, we, you shouldn't we, do it anyway, but like, don't be a dick. Come I've on. had a couple where they, you know, they photocopy their ID and there were all this information they have copied in a little folder for me. Note that says, Hey, I'm out in the backwoods right by this tree or whatever. It's got a big X on it that I spray paint or something. You go out there, it's out in the woods. It's December. It's nice and cold. It's easy cleanup family doesn't have to see it you know because they called it in that's the way to do it but just don't do it because it's selfish very selfish all right so I, I did not intend on talking about this today but this thought it crossed my mind and i guess since we're here let's talk about it so we know that officer suicides are it's a big deal and it it's tough out there i get it and uh, i i hope you know, anybody listening to this podcast that needs help and, you know, we've had 
some occasionally we do serious podcasts and you know we, we've talked about some of this stuff but go you know go get the help you need but here's something else I, I guess i would want people to think about at some point if you do that another cop is going to have to go to that call in your jurisdiction or not and that's a lot to fucking put on somebody like to me, honestly, you know, I don't care if it's natural or not. I I don't really like going to those calls. I've never liked those calls, even though, you know, we talk about on the podcast, I, I do find them interesting. And, and occasionally there's a funny dead guy. It is what it is. But to to have to see that with the somebody else that wears the badge, come on, man. Don't don't do that to anybody. Yeah. Please. Just just don't. That's not cool. All right. Uh, side note to that, if if you're if you know your partner just you know has young kids and you have to go to a call that's involving a kid, and if you are mentally better off than him to take that call, obviously at some point he's going to have to take one of those calls. But try try to take those calls so that they don't have to be exposed to that. And tell them it's not because you don't think they can handle it; it's just because you've been through it. And you know you know how it is with with kids or if they just lost a family member and you know, the family members or this victim's the same age or something. I mean, it, it all hits home for us. So whatever you can do to help out your partners, if you know them well enough to be able to sneak in and be like, Hey, I got this one, you know, dude, we cannot get out of our own way on this podcast. It is just <laughs> going to be doom and gloom is, is what it's going to be. Dude. I'm going to ask you later if you shit your pants and it's going to turn into something like dark and heavy. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> let's see what is the uh what is the stupidest thing you ever did as a rookie oh man i did a lot of stupid stuff um i guess like i had a, an embarrassing one i was like handing a ticket to a lady i don't know if this has ever happened to anybody else but i'm writing out this ticket i go up to her and i'm explaining the ticket and i'm looking down talking talking through the ticket and my gum falls out right on the top <laughs> of the ticket and it's one of those things where i'm just like fuck now what i do you know like i just stare at her she looks at me and i'm like please don't fuck you know like i'm hoping she doesn't grab it and like flick it off or something so i like pull it back throw it off (laughs) continue on and just like what the fuck you know um so you can't walk and chew gum at the same time (laughs) i fucking apparently can't i can't talk and chew gum i'm trying to i mean i can't really think of anything i mean yeah, rookie stuff that's, was a word that's for That's pretty good. That is fucking, that's one of my favorites so far, for sure. <laughs> um, Definitely embarrassing. I, I wish I could remember it, but that, I, I, I was outside of Coors Field, and a lady, like, tripped and, like, started choking on her gum. And I kind of started laughing, because I was like, oh, so you can't. You can't walk and chew gum. It was one of the mm-hmm. best moments of my life. As weird as that is, it made me so <laughs> so happy. She lived, I think. Um, oh, good. I give people two ways to answer this question. It's up to you. I asked something you wish you knew when you were younger and you know now. You can make that about life, or you can say this is, as a young cop, something you wish you learned in the academy or FTO that you learned later on, and your life would have been easier if you knew that. Yeah. Um. I'll probably do just kind of the same thing I tell uh, these young shits that I go on calls with is, man, here I go with the doom and gloom again. Um, 
like you don't realize when you're younger how important shit is so like i fucked around in high school didn't get good grades um you know didn't spend a lot of time with my dad didn't didn't do things that uh could have set me up for success you know i was just just being a kid but there's things that that i think about now like man if i could go back and and do it all over again i'd i'd focus a lot more on I'm doing stuff different and being more, uh, setting myself up for success in the future. So, um, you know, I try to tell kids that I come across like, Hey, in 10 years, you're going to look back and say, the fuck was I doing? You know, I was a fat young kid, drank like 10 Cokes a day. Definitely wouldn't be doing that. Um, my dad passed away a couple years ago. Didn't spend much time with him. He he worked, you know, seven days a week when I was a kid. So he didn't spend much time with me then. And then once I got out of high school, I didn't spend much time with him. So um, definitely spending time with your parents and keeping those relationships. And just if you're if you're in high school, just setting yourself up for success. At that point, you should be, you know, selfish when you're in high school. You you should be focusing on yourself and not trying to, you know, make all your friends happy. Cause I don't know about you for friends with high school, but I see about two or three of them now out of the 300 kids that I went to high school with. So nothing really matters in high school besides grades and a couple really close friendships. If that makes sense. No, that was, that was fucking excellent actually. Oh, good. Even though it was dark and gloomy, it was <laughs> fucking excellent. I, I got to keep the theme going. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're this far in. We're, we're yeah, too far in now. That's what she said, not to me. What is the proudest moment of your career? I would say the day I sat in that cruiser off of FTO, knowing, like, all that's done. Like, you know. I, I never thought of myself in the military that I was in the army until after I was graduating boot camp. So just that, that getting handed that paper of saying, Hey, you're off FTO, you passed FTO, you know, after all the work in the Academy, all that, you know, the months in FTO, all the hard work, you're on your own and just driving out of that lot in my own cruiser by myself with a, big old bag of beef jerky and three, three or four monsters sitting next to me and just ready to tear up the world. I think that was, that was so far the best moment of my career. You know, I've helped, helped a lot of people along the way and gotten several awards, but that was just a really good feeling of for self accomplishment. It's almost orgasmic. Your first day in the car by yourself, as weird as that sounds, there's nothing like it, man. I, to this day, like you can still remember just the like a sumo wrestler just getting off your chest and letting you breathe again. I I don't want to steal your thunder, but I want to tell my story. Please I do. when I got out of FTO like the last day or well, I thought it was my last day of FTO, and I think it probably was, but they they threw me in a car by myself and you know I had a car shadowing me, but I could do what I wanted to do. And I could, you know, it was, it just felt so good not to have someone fucking next to me. But I was like, dude, I have to go do something in the fucking, I don't, I just remember stopping a car. I couldn't tell you what it was for, but I just remember getting on the radio, stopping the car and being like, all right, 
I fucking did it. I did it by myself. I didn't need anybody fucking here. I wrote this ticket. It wasn't a big deal. And that day, that night ended up being a fucking shit show. And I never, I don't think I actually saw the person training me the rest of the night. And it was cool, man. It was, it was really fucking cool. And that, that feeling, uh, even though I left, just thinking about it, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. Yeah. It's, it's feeling knowing just that the worst part of that stuff is behind you. And I mean, there's some people that had great FTOs and mine was difficult. You know, I had nothing, uh, you know, no, no real good real world experience and that kind of stuff. So it was difficult, but, um, definitely thankful for my FTOs pushing me as hard as they did. And, you know, at the time it seemed like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but you look back and you're like, if it wasn't for them, I don't know what I'd be doing now. So it, that that's the best feeling in the world. Would you want your kids to be cops? Good question. I, so my son talks about it now all the time. And obviously as a parent, you want the best for your kids and he's young enough now to, you know, it's just the normal, like police, firefighter, army, you know, whatever other cool job comes along. Um, but as he gets older, I, I don't think it's something that I would expect or push. Um, but I would respect it if he said that's what he wanted to do. And my daughter, same thing. I, I wouldn't push it. But if that's what she wanted, I mean, yeah, go ahead. But, man, thinking about 20 years from now, what policing is going to be like scares me. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I, I'd, re- I'd rather see them doing something, you know, still helping people, still in, still in that um, non-selfish role that you're, you're out there helping other people. Um, you know, you're going to school for a job that's very difficult and that's very needed doctor or whatever airline pilot. Everybody likes airline pilots. So yeah, I I think everything's switching to computers now. Everybody's big on computers. Uh, I will say I would like to see them in the, you know, in some form of the military. I think that's still a great, it's just, it's great, uh, for, a good foundation for somebody as an adult. I I recommend it to everybody. Um, even though I got out after six years, the foundation it gave me, you you can't you can't just get that in normal society. I don't know, man. I'm a pretty big fan of not having any structure. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Being you know, being told when uh, when to take a shit, when to go to bed. It's actually pretty nice. It's very calming. Besides the uh, getting screamed at and having your shit tossed everywhere and running eight miles a day, that that part sucks. But yeah, not having to think itself is pretty nice. So the next part of the podcast, we dip into the weird shit as a tribute to everybody that fucking work nights and listen to weird AM radio when you got really bored. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ghost or extraterrestrial type stories you'd want to share on the podcast? I don't think I have any, man. I haven't had any like weird, crazy shit happen to me, which is nice. Um, Because you had all that structure. All that structure. Yep. 
if the military told you you could have seen aliens, then you would have seen <laughs> aliens, but they didn't tell you it, so you didn't get to. I'm trying to think of just some weird shit that has happened. I know we like uh, one of my areas has like uh, a witch in the area that I drove out to all the time to try to see if I could see it. And I have partners that swear to this day um, that they come up, they came up on her while driving down the road. So I purposely went out there at night to try to see if I could see it, but so far we haven't. <laughs> that was like, classic. That was classic. <laughs> witch, we've never had a witch come up in the podcast. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, like one of the old tales that just stuck with the town for years. Killed by a jealous. What was it? I think it was like a husband. She was cheating on him or something way back in the day. Long way already. <laughs> wow, Wizard of Oz. It's been a little while. That's a good one. That's a good one. God, I feel like that's a movie that my kid. I should make my kids watch. I think just everybody's got to watch Wizard of Oz. It's just the thing. Yeah, my kid watched a animated version of it and it sucked. It's not as not as good. Good sir. In your humble opinion, what is the greatest patrol car of all time? Well, I know what yours is. Um, Don't disappoint me. You're going to do it. You're I'm going to dis- do them again. I all right. I absolutely love those. The, the Tahoes are, are great. The four-wheel drive, big and roomy, fits a lot of shit in the trunk. Kronvik isn't bad at all. <laughs> the correct answer is Kronvik. Kronviks are always going to be the legend. A special place in my heart. Now we're to the most important part of the podcast. No one cares what we think about Megan Hall. No one cares what we think about the Grand Rapids shooting or anything else. No. What they want to know, Elwood, have you ever shit your pants? Yes. Do you have a good story to tell? Are you ready to tell it in front of the millions? Oh, I can do that. I don't know what the cause of it was. Um, it wasn't even on duty. But yeah, just the runniest shit possible. Um, public restroom, I, nev- I just could not make it. Um, used a knife, cut off my underwear, threw those in the trash. <laughs> Went commando the rest of the day. I want to say it was college. I'm pretty sure it was. But it, I know it's only going to get worse with age. I'm in my 30s now, and it's just going to get, it's just going to get even worse. Starting to get those uh, sensitive stomachs to certain foods that never really had issues with before. But old age is catching up. Yeah, that was not fun. You know, so, but. You tried. You made a val- valiant effort, and you squeezed as tight as you could squeeze. And just sometimes you lose that battle. And I just, I don't want people to feel shame because it happens. I I do know a partner at work that had that shit his pants on duty, and he tells everybody the story because it's awesome. There's always one at every department that shits his pants on duty, and if there's not, someone's lying. You know, yeah. I don't think I ever did it 
on duty. Um, I had, I had some close calls. Um, you know, I, I find like when you change your diet very quickly, things can happen. And I started having a little more fiber and ha- was having salads and stuff. And I just remember one time, I mean, it, it was by the grace of God that I made it to the toilet because the, the, the first toilet I went to was, you know, the shitter was full, full house. And I had a, you know, waddle. I had a waddle. I couldn't run. Cause if I ran, it, it wasn't going to work out. So I had to waddle all the way to maybe a hundred yards away to another toilet. And thankfully that one was, was, was open. And it was, it was pretty fucking close, man. It was, it was terrifying. It just, oh, it's tough, man. I've- did you ever use other people's toilet, like going to calls, use their toilets when you got on scene? Um, I don't think so. Um, I don't think I'm above that. If things got too out of hand, I remember one time it was actually an FTO and like really early in FTO. And I was on night shift and, you know, I don't know if the coffee ran through or something, but we were like at the hospital on a call and I was like, God, I'm going to shit my pants. And I think I was in the middle of whatever I was doing. And I just told my FTO, I was like, Hey, I'll be right back. I tried to be low key about it. And I just, I didn't really want to poop there. Cause it was like one of the bathrooms, like kind of in between all the ER rooms and you just oh, yeah. never know what's going in and out of there. But I was like, I, I'm the, I can't make it any further. Uh, I'm, I'm going to shit my pants. So I, I evacuated there. That was a pretty close call. That was the first time I learned about uh, the proper technique. Oh, this is a question we haven't asked in a while. We should do this. The proper technique of do you take the belt off? Do you keep it on? And then just, you know, I got to the point. I know a lot of people take the entire belt off. I think that's why God invented keepers. I think you leave the belt on and you just pull it up as one unit. Um, I would, I'll take my gun off. So there's less weight when I'm pulling it back up, maybe, or, or maybe something else, or maybe take my mags out. So there's less weight coming back up so I can cinch it back in real good. I think everything stays. What do you do? I honestly, I only keep one keeper and that's right next to the gun. So if my belt does like fall off or get ripped off, I still have my gun at my hip. I don't have five, 10 keepers on. So I flip the one keeper and my whole belt comes off. Um, the only thing I have to do is the keeper in, in my mic, take those two off, hang that sucker up. Good to go. One keeper, huh? That's fucking brave. Yeah. We, you know, I've got the, you know, the Velcro, the inner Velcro belt. And then I've got one of those rubber shirt tucks. So I throw the shirt tuck on a little bit lower than where my belt sits. So then my belt sits right on top of that. Um, you know, right on my, goes on my Velcro belt, but then it kind of sits a little bit on top of that rubber inner belt, keeps it sitting up off my hips. And then, yeah, just the one keeper. And I, I buckle that sucker tight. I keep it really tight. So it's not coming off. Really? That's interesting. I'm a, I think my department's policy, which again, going back on Kalia, I think it was a policy that you had to have four keepers. That's inter- Yeah a policy um, I guess so we're looking to that to see if I, that yeah see if you're violating yeah um, I'm always violating something i would the way i set mine up is i would put one in front of the gun one on the back side of the gun so the gun was like 
you know, secure. And then I, I usually would have one towards the back and then I, I just have honestly one towards the front on the other side near my, my mag pouch where I felt like it was going to be heaviest, I guess. I don't know. And mm-hmm. really the only place I really cared about was the gun. I felt like that was probably smart to have a keeper by the gun or a couple keepers. Yeah. Yep. And that's it. You know, if, if there's one there, I know that if that belt starts getting ripped off or something, I know I'm going to still have access to the gun. That's all I care about. One keeper kind of guy. That is wild. Mm-hmm. I like to live on the edge. I know. The dark edge. <laughs> the dark edge. The dark. It's dark so and gloomy edge. You're goth. Well, good, sir. We've we've made it to the end of this dark and gloomy, poorly made podcast. Do you have any words of wisdom for all the millions of listeners out there that you'd want to impart? Words of wisdom. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're going to be a cop, just go all the way with it. Do your own training off duty. You know, take a jujitsu class, watch some scenarios on YouTube, take a course online, maybe one of Uncle Denny's. Those are good courses. Oh, Uncle Denzikok. I said it. There I said he it. He is. Uh, I... did, you, did you ever hear about our argument me and him had? No. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Full is blown. Gonna, is it going to dox you or anything? No, I don't think so. Um, Let's do it. I love Uncle Den shit talk time. Yeah. So I, I really liked his classes. I mean, I, I think they're good shit. It helped me out. But I'm on his his little Facebook page he's got and can't remember. He posted something about like, if you, if you give a cop's wife or something like that, a speeding ticket, you're part of the problem and you're a piece of shit. And all I did was say, I don't agree with that. If, if that cop's wife is going 30 over the speed limit, I'm going to give her a ticket. And I'll, you know, just to preface that I haven't written a speeding ticket and I don't know how many years, but if you're going 30 over, that's deserving of a ticket. So then he starts going back and forth with me. I think you're part of the, you know, piece of shit cop problem. That's why nobody wants to be a cop. And I'm just wow. like, oh, so we started getting into, you know, obviously there's parts of the country where some departments hand out these little cards that all you have to do is flash it at somebody and they get a free pass. Like That's because he was a cop in Jersey and they have the PBA. Dude, yeah. That is the most fucked up shit I've ever heard of. Same thing in New York, same thing out in LA, all that shit. All these big cities have it. I don't agree with it. I don't give a fuck who you are. You know, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to be calling somebody if my wife gets a speeding ticket to try to get her out of it. I'm going to say, well, that fucking sucks. And I'm going to deal with it just like every other citizen that gets one. So yeah, he ended up banning me from um, all the street cop Facebook pages and I somehow got back in because I think they had to make a new page and I just applied to be back in, got back in, but wow. yeah, well, jumping so, on my shit and he was really against me saying that I would give another cop's wife or uncle or fucking third cousin a ticket. Cause he didn't like that. All right, let's do uncle den shit on time. And I know a lot of people are a big fan of him. Don't I, I'm kind of in the same boat as far as like I think the training they do is pretty fucking good, right? Um, I've never taken his course or anything like that, but I I think the message genuinely that they put out is is fine. I don't really have an issue with it. I do I I, 
I like Kenny. Obviously, Kenny's been on the podcast. Another one of their instructors has been on the podcast. They have some great instructors, right? I'm not saying all street cop is bad or anything like that, but I I honestly think Den is kind of a douchebag, <laughs> and it, he's kind of the problem. And he he can't accept like somebody else's opinion. Like I was on his podcast, and I'm it's not up anymore. And I'm pretty sure my my theory on why it's taken down is I pushed back on some things he said. If you disagree with him, he can't fucking handle that. The thing no. I disagreed with is this whole idea of, you know, his big thing is if your agency sucks, you should leave, which I genuinely agree with. Right. However, and in, in saying what I said earlier in the podcast, I stand by what I said. But however, I do recognize uh, for some people, you know, maybe they're, you know, let's just say their agency isn't a place where people are fucking each other and it's big, big to do. It's just basically yeah, that other agency, they the leash is off the cops a little bit more. I could have a little more fun. However, you have good days off and you can spend time with your kids. I'm sorry. That's more important in my humble opinion. Or um, you're the highest paid department for the next 200 miles and you can't afford to move. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I left because I had an out, man. I we had a way that we could get out. If I didn't have an out, guess what? I'd still be there because I was going to feed my family. Um, I, not being able to recognize the gray area and you're fucking cop and you're teaching cops. That is concerning to me. That's personally, that's why I'm not a huge fan of den is because he does some douchey shit like that. And the fact he banned you for disagreeing, dude, Look, I don't think you should go out of your way to write another cop. Let's just use the wife an example, write her a ticket kind of thing. If, But you shouldn't be giving her special treatment like you wouldn't be giving anybody else. If you stop a car and let's say they're doing 10 over and they're a good dude. And I'm sorry, guy, I was going a little faster, whatever. It's not a danger. They weren't driving dangerously. They don't have a bunch of speeding tickets. Their insurance is good. Their car's good. Why are you writing them a ticket? You're taxing yep. them. Okay. I'm sorry. I get that driving unsafe is a big deal and a lot of people die on the roads. I totally get that. However, you can accomplish your mission by just telling them to slow down. And if you live in a, a small enough agency, you see them speed again. Oh, well, I told them I tried kind of thing. Yep. Write them another ticket. If someone's driving recklessly, which I would argue 30 over the speed limit is excessive. That's kind of on them at that point. And that's the reason people don't like cops is you're making excuses for your friend's wife's bad behavior. Yep. You know, no one else is letting 30 go. All A lot of us don't like writing tickets anymore. You're going to write 30, man. That is one you're going to write. If somebody goes flying by you, that's that's some fucking horrendous bullshit. And that's. Oh, and, and with him, absolutely. It was. No matter what, it doesn't matter what it's for. You're not going to write them a ticket. I, if if I saw somebody going twenty, you know, twenty over in a school zone, I don't care if they're my freaking supervisor. They're getting a ticket. Like that's just insane. Um, yeah. If you're going forty five and a twenty twenty five or something, and there's kids crossing, and you you there's there's no uh, you can't just find a you know, find a line at, okay, it doesn't matter what they do. If it's a civil infraction, I'm never going to write them. You can't just draw a line. There can't be a line. Um, Cause then that line is inevitably 
going to keep getting pushed and pushed until all of a sudden you're getting, you know, people at your department for drunk driving. They're asking for a ride home because that's what everybody else does. Like, well, you know, um, I'm a very, I have, it's apparently a pretty unpopular opinion, but I just, I've been pulled over three times as a cop, you know, off duty. I don't tell them I'm a cop. I don't flash my badge. I don't do anything to let them know what I'm doing. Uh, most of the time they figure it out by either, you know, they know me or, uh, you know, just by the way I talk or whatever, you know, they end up finding out, Hey, are, you know, they ask me, are you a police officer? Or I have to tell them, Hey, I'm a police officer. I have, I'm, I'm off duty and I have a firearm. Um, but I don't, I always tell them, Hey, don't let that affect the way you do your business. You know, if you want to write me a ticket, you know, I want you, I want you to do what you do as as if I, you didn't know I was a cop because I would take the ticket and I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Would if, I be upset? If... Yeah. Suck. But I don't want special treatment and I don't think anybody else should expect. I don't think anyone. I think that was the biggest argument with, with Denny. So I said, I don't think anyone who's a cop or their family should expect to get out of something because of who they are. Yep. That's, that's crooked, man. That's, that's straight what... up crooked. Sorry. So... Yeah. I, I don't believe in chicken shit tickets, but if it's legit, it's legit. And the chicken shit goes for everyone, not just my fucking family. Oh, yeah. it, and if, if I speed somewhere, I know I run the risk of getting a ticket. That's my fault, not a cop's fault. Yep. So, yeah, I'm glad we had this moment to make fun of Den. <laughs> and again, like. I'm all for like training cops up and, and that's fine. That's awesome. I just. I, I don't like uh, the direction of what some of the stuff Street Cop does. That's... And and I think, honestly, at this point, some of the following, not all the following. I know a lot of people on – I mean, I work for them for a little bit, kind of. Uh, and I know a lot of people that follow the page, you know, they, they do Street Cop training. That's fine. I'm not, like, shitting on you guys. Like, I'm not saying the training's not fine, but – Yeah, it's great training. It's, it's it's almost gotten to like a cult where like Den is like the cult leader and everybody's like drinking the Kool-Aid. Den can't handle if somebody has a different opinion than him on a very minor issue and will ban you from yep. the page for something. like that. it's That's ridiculous. I mean, yep. did you say you were going to like fuck his mother or something like that? Did you give him cause to ban him? To get banned? No, I, I randomly got banned after that. You know, I started posting on that. And then I messaged him privately and I said, Hey, you know, I got to a, you know, a, a conversation with people and apparently they didn't like it on the page. Obviously I'm just going to keep my opinions to myself, but I got removed from the, from the group is, can you put me back in? And he said, yeah, we don't tolerate that here. And we got into the, you know, our little discussion about the tickets. And I said, you know, it's just my opinion. I'm not, and he's like, I don't even want that kind of talk on my page. It's my page. Oh. It's yours. And that was our conversation. I was like, okay. Um, I still watch all the stuff. I still watch the videos. Um, I've still since then paid for training to, to watch it. Um, you know, that's, if he wants to act that way, that's fine. I think it's, uh, I think it's just a Jersey thing. I don't know. That's what I copped it up to. Yeah. I, I could tell you, um, if I ever went to the job, I wouldn't go to his class. I'd go, I'd go see one of Kenny's classes. And a couple Kenny's, of the other guys. Kenny's yep. a great dude. Um, but yep. not Dan. I think I, I think he's I think he's turned into the thing he swore to destroy, to be honest with you. 
Um, by the way, free shout out to my boys, uh, RTI training. They're cool dudes and they're not going to ban you for having a different opinion. I assume. Probably not. Probably not. Well, God, that was fun. That made me feel happy. After all the doom and gloom to talk shit about Dan, it, it did make me happy and, and bring. We brightened now, it up. Yeah. Now everybody's going to be like, half the people are like, who's Dan? And they're gonna, we're going to give them free publicity. But. That's okay. That's okay. I guess. Any any, any training is, uh even if it's by a shitty instructor. No, not good. any training if it's by a shitty instructor is good. Come on. As, as long as. If the instructor sucks, but the material's good, I'm all right with it. You know, that's a it's an interesting philosophical question because I, I've thought about that a lot. Is you can get really good advice by a really dumbass, big dumbass, yeah. and people are like, "Well, I'm not going to listen to him because he's dumb." He might be right, or he might be a total piece of shit. Be like, "Well, he's right." You gotta, you have to look past sometimes some of the noise about some stuff and. You know, you can't just assume, you know, I was just saying you can't, <laughs> I'm going against what I just said, but uh, I've seen plenty of circumstances where somebody that I would think is genuinely a douchebag and somebody I shouldn't be listened to says something that is very right. And it's like, huh. And I think that's a problem is the only place we get our news from and our information from is who we, who we like. And uh, sometimes there's some flaws with that. Just saying. Yep. Dan's still a douchebag. But with that said, you guys know what to do. Take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast because without them, I wouldn't be able to make this shitty podcast. And of course, of course, buy all the nice merch. Uh, Ghost Patch and me are cooking something up kind of shitty. I think you'll like it. I'm really excited for it. And then, of course, uh, you can be a monthly donor. Click the link at the very end of the podcast and you will help me keep the candles lit down here in the dungeon. With that said, remember or memes too. They're so poor they're good. Yeah, go look at my shitty memes. Don't how could I forget the only reason this thing exists? Go look at the shitty memes. With that said, remember, despite what he said, Crown Vicks are the best. And Den's a douchebag. I love most of you. Bye-bye.